Hello, this is Phoenix Pods Balkan and EU series. I am Hamdi Frat Büyük, the managing editor of Phoenix Politik, and today I am co-hosting this podcast with my colleague Sencer Gözbenli, who is an academic working on the Bal- Balkans based in Zagreb. Hello, Sencer. Hello, Frat. It's a great pleasure to be here again. Um, as for the last two weeks, today we will again speak about the Russian invasion of Ukraine but this time with a Balkan perspective. While the Russian army advances in Ukraine and the West tries to cripple Russia with economic sanctions, many think that Russia's long arm and its proxies will rise tensions in the Balkans. Frat, you also wrote a piece on this issue. Uh, could you please share your thoughts? How real is the Russian threat in the Balkans? Well, uh, since the beginning of Russian invasion of Ukraine, international and regional observers have speculated that the conflict could spill over the Balkans. Uh, if this happens, uh, uh, most of the people agree that Bosnia and Herzegovina uh, will likely be the first to witness turmoil. Indeed, uh, other countries in the region, such as Kosovo, Montenegro and North Macedonia, Also, most probably, uh, Serbia's uh, Muslim-dominated Sanjak region uh, may witness some turmoil. Uh, so, some of the local leaders are brave enough uh, to witness uh, what they observe, to say what they observe, uh, like the Macedonian president, uh, Stevo Pandarovsky. Uh, he said, if Russia invades Ukraine, the most vulnerable place in the Western Balkans uh, is Banja Luka. So we should never underestimate the Russian influence influence in the Balkans. At the same time, we shouldn't exaggerate the Russian influence. But since the invasion of Ukraine uh, is still uh, continuing and Russia is shelling the biggest towns in Ukraine, but Ukraine resists very well, uh, it seems that Russia uh, will use more, more military means and it may try to distract the Western and public attention from Ukraine by opening new fronts. And these new fronts would be the Balkans, as uh, many of the local and international observers agree. So we shouldn't forget that Russian ambassador uh, was in Banja Luka when uh, Republika Srpska was celebrating Day of Republika Srpska which was deemed as illegal by Bosnian Constitutional Court. Uh, but then again, uh, just two days ago, Russian ambassador uh, was on a TV interview in a Bosnian channel, uh, Bosnian uh, federal television. Uh, the Igor Kalabuhov offers somewhat a mixed picture when asked about Balkan's fear of a Russian threat. Uh, he said... Uh, he said that if Bosnia decides to become a member of anything, any international institution, uh, it is its own internal issue. But another issue is Russia's reaction. So he added that uh, on the example of Ukraine, Russia showed what to expect in case of threat. Uh, He said Russia will react. Uh, This is a clear threat to the Balkans' uh, peace and security. And the Balkan region uh, continues uh, to be the most fragile region uh, in Europe, uh, namely the, the, the future of Bosnia, uh, northern Kosovo, 
uh, Sanjak region, uh, North Macedonia, which was divided by uh, pro-EU, pro-Russian and Albanian and uh, Macedonian lines. So Russia may try uh, to increase tensions uh, in the Balkans using its long arm. So when Russia started actually its operation, uh, there was a cheering effect among uh, all pro-Russian groups, uh, including uh, Serbian President Alexander Vucic and Bosnian Serb leader Mlarad Dodik. They insisted that Russia is changing world order with its uh, invasion of Ukraine, but then they uh, remained silent after the humiliating uh, conditions of Russian army in Ukraine. But I believe Russia is waiting uh, for a harder military campaign and the pro-Russian groups in the region, they're also waiting for uh, kind of a Russian victory or Russian superiority in Ukraine to act uh, in the region. The other most important thing, in my opinion, is the Serbian elections. So in in April, uh, Serbia will go to elections and there is a growing, growing opposition in Serbia. I don't think that uh, Vucic, as the patron of all Serbs and also all almost all pro-Russian groups in the region, uh, he can do anything uh, before the elections. So we have, we I believe we have two main thing, uh, things uh, to see a more uh, more activity of pro-Russian groups to get what they want, also to help the Russian cause in Europe. But on the other hand, I believe West is also preparing. So Borel, EU's Borel, uh, was in Bosnia uh, two days ago, and he said that uh, the, 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 the number of soldiers at the international mission uh, was doubled, uh, and he added that uh, they may increase the number of soldiers if it is necessary, and they already reserve some assets to increase the capacity uh, of the international mission. Uh, the same uh, applies uh, to Kosovo. They also plan to increase number of uh, military mission and the, the international mission uh, in Kosovo in case of any threat. Uh, and on the other hand, NATO is also increasing its presence uh, in the region. So we saw during the last week uh, the, the French fighter jets were flying over uh, Croatia, Bosnia, and Montenegro. So they said that that's a regular drill, but we all know that that was also kind of a warning for pro-Russian groups. So uh, I believe the conflict is likely to have severe effects on the Balkans, uh, the scope of which will be decided by the future success of Russian operation, operation uh, regional political dynamics, and also the West resolve to present a united front in the region. Uh, Sanjay, let me stop here uh, about the, 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 the recent uh, state of affairs in the Balkans regarding the Russian invasion of Ukraine, uh, but I would like to ask you a question. So, I mean, Russian threat is real 
and we saw that uh, Russia, Russia's statement uh, about the Balkans, uh, about the Ukraine, uh, and of course we are also witnessing one of the most brutal uh, military campaigns. So I would like to ask you, since you are also kind, uh, you are also an EU expert. How do you evaluate the EU's response against Russia, and do you think that EU is doing well? Uh, regarding the Balkans' fragility and Balkans' security against a Russian threat? Uh, well, first of all, I don't want to stop you, but it was a really good uh, introduction uh, on the issue. Um, well, the in- interesting thing that uh, this issue, uh, why threatening Ukraine last year, the Kremlin spokesman, uh, Peskov said uh, Russia will undertake measures to prevent a repetition of the uh, Serpenza events, which is uh, actually a genocide, but he, he called it as uh, events uh, in Ukraine in case a uh, full-scale military action resumes there, uh, mentioning uh, Donbas, uh, so-called republic, republics. Um, well, uh, the Russian side shamelessly mentions Bosnia and Kosovo and whole Balkans by threatening Ukraine uh, or the international community. Uh, but what the other party does is uh, mostly uh, condemning. Uh, for example, on Bosnia, um, unfortunately, while the rhetorical commitment to preventive diplomacy and action uh, may still be high in the international community, um, but organizations have done little to create a functional conflict prevention regime at the uh, country's regional level, uh, like a federation or a Republika Srpska. Um, that's also because the commitment uh, to its imp- implementation at the domestic level is very big. And also there is very limited coordination between Bosnian state uh, and the international community. Um, there are putting back separatists in the Bosnian state institutions. We all know that. Uh, but the, uh, the increase in international troops in Bosnia and Herzegovina uh, is a very limited one, a very limited reaction. Um, their number remains symbolic. Uh, you know, it was uh, 600, but now it's 1,100. 1, uh, so it's symbolic, more than capable of preventing a conflict. Uh, so we need a, a, a reform for regional peace uh, that allows Bosnia and Herzegovina to become a functional state. Uh, otherwise, the crisis can only be postponed uh, and uh, not prevented. Uh, same for Kosovo. Uh, Kosovo is urging NATO and the EU to admit Balkan applicants to avoid uh, um, a second European front with uh, Russia. Uh, but the international community and the EU allies, uh, uh, they're, they're sharing posts about uh, Kosovo's commitments on the EU integration process or comparison of uh, Serbia's integration process with Kosovo's or Macedonian's. Um, so, uh, they are very limited ones, uh, and these threats uh, should be considered well, uh, considered m- more than that. Oh, Sanjar, uh, so what do you think, what the EU should do, actually? Can you give us, for example, some concrete examples you think that uh, will be wiseful if EU uh, will be implemented? Uh, well, first of all, uh, reforming state institutions or helping to reform it. Uh, well, um, 
there is an obvious failure of the ruling elite and uh, its international backers in uh, Bosnia-Herzegovina, uh, also uh, before, before the uh, Kurtis regime, uh, there were failure of international community uh, and their reactions towards uh, Trump's elites in Kosovo. Uh, so there were coup, uh, we all know that, and uh, any kind of uh, uh, intervention, undemocratic intervention is uh, a threat to regional security, uh, especially when we talk about Balkans. Uh, so uh, we all know that there is a, a phenomenon of big manism uh, in, in, in Bosnia-Herzegovina especially, because all ethnic groups have big men, but the Serbs have uh, two big men sometimes three. Uh, I'm talking about Vucic plus Orban plus Putin. Uh, so uh, there should be some more structural reforms uh, on that. And the uh, role of Dayton Agreement is also important uh, because um, until today, some major reforms, of course, uh, have taken place with the international community's helps. Uh, and uh, with, with the uh, international organization, coordination with uh, international organizations, uh, but mostly on initiative and pressure from outside, uh, creating new institutions at the federal level, level to have a more functional state is uh, always, you know, uh, underrated <laughs> reform. Uh, for international community. I'm talking about whole international community. I mean, US, one side, NATO, EU, uh, and other uh, corporation uh, institutions. Uh, but at the end, the third member of presidency of Bosnia and Herzegovina, uh, and the president of the biggest uh, Serb political party in Bosnia and Herzegovina, uh, advocates for uh, what he calls the original Dayton Agreement, uh, and also uh, Croatian, Croatian Democratic uh, Union, uh, one of the uh, biggest political party uh, in uh, Croatian uh, side of a Croatian uh, part of uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina. Uh, they also insist on the election election law. Uh, so uh, EU always focus on, uh, especially in these turbulent times. Uh, focus on uh, this kind of electoral reforms or uh, Dayton agreements. Uh, rep- so uh, there is no concrete reform uh, towards state institutions. Oh, yes, Andrew, thank you very much. As you said, the, the uh, radical reform in state institutions is more necessary than ever before. Uh, but I also believe that the EU... Uh, EU's influence and also EU integration process of the region uh, has become a very technical, very technical issue. But in times like this, actually, we need to see concrete uh, policies and steps uh, taken by the Brussels. Uh, we have seen some steps, as you as you said, but they don't uh, they uh, those don't seem enough. Uh, but I believe that Russia against Russia, the EU and the West uh, have united, and we will also see some concrete uh, effects uh, on the Balkans. So, Sanjar, uh, I also ask you a question uh, about uh, about one of the comparisons uh, Russia has always used. 
So Russia gives the example of Kosovo or Bosnia as a justifi- justification for its military operations or uh, illegal uh, decisions such as the military campaign against Georgia, annexation of Crimea, and now they are using the same uh, for the recent invasion of Ukraine. I believe that is just a propaganda, uh, but I have another question. Russia finds many similarities between Ukraine and the Balkan crisis, but I find actually many similarities between Putin and Milosevic. When we look at the last days, last months of Milosevic and the the nowadays Putin, I believe there are many similarities. Do you think that Putin may end up uh, like how Milosevic fell in Serbia? Um, well, uh, there are obvious parallels between Sloboda Milosevic and Vladimir Putin. Uh, both destroyed the federalism that was put in place before them. Uh, Milosevic sparked a war that led to the disintegration of his country, Yugoslavia, and ended in The Hague. Uh, Putin, he implies, could have the same fate, of course. Uh, but uh, maybe we can uh, talk more about these similarities. Maybe Putin has more on that. Uh, for example, uh, the political careers and uh, tactics of Milosevic and Putin are almost the same. Uh, neither was democratically elected. Uh, for example, uh, Serbia's president Ivan Stambolic uh, appointed Milosevic as the head of uh, Serbia's Communist Party. Uh, a, few, a few years later, uh, Stambolic was murdered and Milosevic uh, took his position. Uh, on the other side, uh, Putin was backed by Boris Yeltsin to succeed him as Russia's president. Uh, then uh, both consolidated their power by exploiting history, religion, ethnic conflicts, uh, uh, as well as uh, uh, other historical uh, uh, reforms, let's say. Uh, Milosevic appealed on the uh, victimization of Serbs, uh, declaring martial law in Kosovo and attacking Slovenia, Croatia, and Bosnia. Uh, on one side, uh, Putin attacked, Putin attacked uh, Chechnya, uh, raising Grozny, and declaring direct rule from Moscow. Uh, Putin also claimed historical injustice to rile uh, Russians when attacking Ukraine, same as Milosevic appealed uh, to the humiliation of uh, Serbs. Uh, both were adept at propaganda. Uh, for example, Serbia's state-controlled media at that time repeatedly characterized uh, Bosnian Muslims as Turks or Mujahideen, uh, or Croatian uh, pro-democratic forces as Ustashas, uh, with the reference of Nazi puppet regime during World War II. Um, while uh, invading Ukraine, Putin used the same term almost, uh, denazification as a propaganda uh, aimed at his fears about the democratic government in Ukraine. Uh, both embrace irredentism. Uh, Milosevic's project was to create a greater Serbia, uh, from the ashes of Yugoslavia. Uh, as a result, more than 100,000 people died and millions were displaced during the death of Yugoslavia. Um, then Putin believes that the greatest tragedy of the 20th century was the Soviet Union's demise. Uh, Putin is seeking to restore imperial Russia, reunifying so-called lost territory where any Russians live. Um, as he said, Kyiv, is the mother of Russian cities, 
ancient roots is our common source and we cannot live without each other. And then um, both advanced their agenda uh, through paramilitaries. <clears throat> uh, Milosevic sponsored Chetnik gangs in Serb populated regions of Bosnia and Croatia, uh, and uh, his proxies declared the Repub Republika Srpska uh, in Bosnia and the Serbian Republic of Krajina in Croatia. Uh, as you remember, Arkan uh, and his tigers uh, led murderous assaults on Zvornik, uh, terrorizing civilians and driving them uh, from their homes, uh, also in Srebrenica. Um, Milosevic claimed they, they were acting on their own, uh, but uh, he was indicted by International Criminal Court uh, for atrocities committed by gangs under his control. Um, on the other side, uh, Putin maintained in 2014 uh, that unmarked troops, uh, little green men, uh, in Crimea were spontaneously organized self-defense forces uh, made up concerned citizens, in quotation marks. Um, volunteers assized, volunteers again, in quotation marks, uh, sized government buildings in uh, eastern and southern uh, Ukraine. Uh, they were well equipped. Uh, with uh, brand new Kalashnikovs, shoulder-launched missiles, and uh, state-of-art uh, communications gears. Uh, they all Russian-made, and it was brand new. Uh, Putin dissolves uh, ties to paramilitaries uh, who declared the so-called People's Republic of Donetsk, uh, then invaded whole Ukrainian ter territories. So the only difference is that Putin directly ordered his troops to kill Ukrainians. Um, but the most importantly, uh, understanding parallels between uh, Milosevic and Putin could also inform strategies of preventing the escalation of uh, deadly violence in Ukraine and uh, deterring Russia's invasion. Uh, uh, but international community was silent on that until 24th of February this year. Um, Yes, uh, back to your question, uh, Putin could end in the same way. As a destroyer of his country, uh, he thought he was restoring and um, as a defendant in uh, an international tribunal uh, for crimes against humanity, maybe in ICC. Oh, Sanjay, thank you very much. That was a good and detailed answer. And as uh, we know that <clears throat> it's always good to remember the history and the past, to understand the today's issues. Uh, Sanjay, thank you very much for today, as always. Uh, thank you so much, for us for having me again. Uh. Uh, it's my pleasure to co-host this program with you. Uh, dear listeners, today Sanjay and I had a discussion on the effects of Russian attack on Ukraine uh, in the Balkans. Hope to see you in another episode of Phoenix Pod. <laughs>